0: I'm Angela Stent, and today we're asking the question, does Vladimir Putin really intend to invade Ukraine and how can the West deter him from doing so? So he has up to as many as 175,000 troops potentially available amassed at the border with Ukraine. Uh, And the question is, are they going to march in in January, February, or is it that he really wants a concession from the West that Ukraine is in Russia's sphere of influence, that it's never going to join NATO, and hopefully from his point of view, have a government in Ukraine that is more favorably inclined toward Moscow. So right now, I don't think that he's planning either a partial invasion of Ukraine in the Southeast or a total invasion of Ukraine. But I do think that he wants far reaching concessions from the West. And if he doesn't think he's going to get them, then all bets are off. Over to you, Steve. Hi,
1: I'm Steve Pfeiffer. And let me start by saying that I agree with most of, actually, all of what Angela has just said. Uh, I think, though, it's quite possible that Mr. Putin has not yet decided what he's going to do. From his perspective, the ideal outcome would be for Kyiv and also for the West to begin making concessions just because of the threat of military force that he's been amassing over the last six to seven weeks. Now, when I look at the situation and I look at the cost to Russia of a military incursion into Ukraine, including first and foremost, the casualties that the Ukrainians would inflict on the Russian military, I think those costs outweigh the benefits. And so I agree with Angela that it's likely he would not do this with one qualifier. And that is in the past, I've proven to be a very poor predictor of Vladimir Putin's logic. So it makes sense to me for the West to assume the worst and then base that policy on trying to figure out the best way to dissuade Mr. Putin from a military action against Ukraine.
0: And the problem is it's very difficult to figure out exactly how one can deter Putin because we don't know what his intentions are. And as Steve had said, um, he surprises people sometimes and not in a good way. So uh, we have threatened um, massive sanctions against Russia were to invade, going as far possibly as cutting it off from the entire global financial system. Uh, The issue is, is that enough to deter him? Uh, And uh, would he then rethink whether it's worth doing it? The other thing that we have promised is that there would be robust military support to Ukraine in the event of an invasion, and the Ukrainians are looking for that support right now. So far, the Russian Russian response to that is to use that as an excuse to say, "Ah, Ukraine's threatening us. It's going to try and take back territories that are now uh, we're occupying with the separatists. So it's very hard to calibrate all of this. And I think it's very important for the U.S. to have some strategic ambiguity here, not to signal to Russia exactly what the West would do were it to invade. That's Mr. Putin's game. He likes to keep us guessing, and we should try and keep him Guessing too, in the hope that that might deter him.
1: Certainly. But uh, we also want it that when he tries to guess what the West's response is going to be, we want him to guess on the high, high side that it's going to be a very vigorous, robust, and painful response. And I believe it would also galvanize NATO. One of the things the White House suggested was understandably, if Russia uses military force into Ukraine, you're going to see those countries in the Baltic region and Central and Eastern Europe wanting more NATO military presence on their territory. And the White House has already indicated that the United States would be favorably inclined to respond to that kind of request as those countries seek assurance of their security in light of a, a what would be a massive new Russian indication of its readiness to use military force. So I think there are lots of costs there, but at the same time, the president also, when it, after his phone call, articulated a couple of ways to defuse the situation both through the American engagement in the Normandy process to try to resolve the conflict between Russia and Ukraine over Donbass, but also in a broader dialogue on European security issues that might address some Russian concerns, but also could be a format to address some NATO concerns and Ukrainian concerns about Russian behavior.
0: And I think that the test here is, can we find a diplomatic solution to this? The US isn't going to make concessions. NATO is not going to say that Ukraine is never going to join NATO. Uh, but it, and nobody is going to see Russia a sphere of influence there. That's been clear. But there maybe are some diplomatic points on which we could discuss with the Russians. Maybe a change Russian NATO relationship right now. That relationship is broken, uh, or maybe engaging Russia in other fora that have to do with European security uh, in, in such a way that they can feel that they've come away with something. It would be very important for Putin to be able to portray this as Russia having gained something from these diplomatic conversations. So that's very challenging. It could also be time-consuming. And I think what we have to watch is, are any of those Russian troops withdrawing? Because it, right now, since the summit last week, very little has changed to, 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 in that calculation, and we've had a lot of very tough Russian rhetoric against Ukraine.
1: Yes, and I think, again, that's why it's important for the West to signal the cost, mm-hmm. but also in this dialogue, and I agree with Angela, the dialogue will be a tough one. It should address legitimate Russian security interests, but we would disagree, I think, with Moscow on what the definition of legitimate is. But it would at least offer a route to fuse some of this crisis and move past the threat of war that now hangs over Ukraine.